Welcome to the Freedom Now podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Fair, and I truly believe you can have freedom now, no matter what chaos is in your life. I've journeyed through chronic illness, through the death of my brother, through starting up my own business, as well as being a wife and a mother of four. And so I know a lot about chaos and crazy, (laughs) but I also have learned a lot about freedom and I'm excited to share it with you because I truly believe this place can be a weekly oasis of hope, encouragement, and laughter for you where you're going to glean powerful and practical tips and tools as you listen to my story and the story of others. Thanks so much for joining and enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody. Andrea Fair here with Flying Free Ministries. I'm so excited to introduce you to Stephanie Bullock today. She is uh, an incredible person. We were just visiting and I was checking out her website and I am just more and more and more excited about what God is doing in her and through her. Um, Stephanie and I have the same publisher. And so we actually met at a prayer meeting um, back at a conference, I guess last year. And I've just been watching her journey a little bit. We're in the same business program. And as I hear what she's, the content she's developing, I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to talk to this lady and learn from her. And um, she, her heart is for families and for children and parents. And I know that as we enter this series on freedom and interacting with others, that she will have nuggets for us that are God-given. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. And where are you, where do you hail from? (laughs) Cody, Wyoming, right outside of Yellowstone. Interesting. Right on. Wow. Yeah. That's the other mountain west. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just recently relocated here from Houston, Texas, which is very different. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. That's the fun part of my job is that I get to meet people from all these different places. And yeah, it's just exciting to hear about different, the whole big world we live in, right? Right. Yeah. It's so neat to be able to connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you think about freedom while relating to others, what comes to mind for you? Well, as I was thinking about how freedom relates in relationships, it really struck me that I needed to think about what was my main hang-up mm-hmm. in relating to others. And here's my main hang-up, is that I tend to see people through my own filters. I tend to see them through my own experiences, my own expectations. And so whenever I think about freedom, I think about the idea that I am free from my own biases. I'm free from my own filters and I'm able to see people the way Jesus does. And this happened in a very specific moment in my life. I was in college in a ministry team and the ministry team went around to a lot of different churches and led worship Sunday morning and then also some other concerts. But this was a particular Sunday morning. And I was standing on stage and looking out at the audience and I prayed, you know how you pray sometimes and you think you just say the words and then all of a sudden God radically changes your life in that moment. You're like, wow, I didn't expect that, but thank you. So this is one of those moments. And I prayed, Lord, help me to see these people the way you do. And I looked out in the audience and I was just overwhelmed with compassion. I was overwhelmed with their beauty. And I don't mean the way we see beauty as humans, but I mean, when I looked at people of all ages, of all 
um, nationalities. It was just, it was incredible how beautiful they looked to me. And I thought, wow, you're really giving me a glimpse into how you see people. And so I carry that into understanding relationships. So when I talk about freedom in relationships, that's what I mean. Seeing people the way Jesus does through his eyes of love, through his eyes of grace, through his eyes of mercy. Oh, I love that. That's definitely going to be the quote we use for this podcast. <laughs> like, oh, that's powerful, right? And I love how God is so good that he would just like make it so like in that moment, say, okay, here it is. Boom. And it's like, right. Okay, he didn't wow. have to give me that gift, but he did. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's incredible. So have you always felt able to relate to like all the age groups or did you have a certain specific one that is, has been easier for you or how's your journey um, been with intergenerational relationships? Oh, it's definitely been a skill set to develop. I'm naturally an introvert and I'm very content with my small little group of people. But what happened whenever I was younger, my mom started a business and she did radio shows and inter- and TV shows. And so at 12 years old, I'm answering her company telephone, taking orders from people all over the world. So I learned how to communicate via phone to adults at that age. And then growing up, I learned how to communicate with teenagers when I became a teacher and working in the youth group. And I'll tell you what, that's a whole different ballgame than adults as teenagers. And just the idea of how um, emotional they can be and how moody they can be and the power struggles that they tend to want to start with adults. Mm -hmm. And having to work through that is a learned skill And then um, one of the most actually impactful things for this little introvert's heart was in that same ministry group, one of the things we had to do, our director, every Sunday that we were at a church, he said, go out and meet people. And he met in the congregation before the service got started. And I was so scared. I was so scary. I was like, these are strangers, Henry. And so it didn't matter. They They were the family of God. And so I went out and I started introducing myself to people of all ages, men, women, children, teenagers. And at first it's awkward. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. But over time, I became more aware of that and became more relaxed. It's the same thing happened with answering the phones. The same thing happened with relating to teenagers. The more experience you have, the more relaxed you get. And so that's a skill set Um, that I feel more comfortable now relating to both adults and children. Now with preschoolers, this is where my book is geared towards preschoolers and kindergarten through second grade. I helped raise my sisters because we have an 11 and 16 year age gap. So I was around when they were little and I had that experience, but I don't have any kids of my own yet. And so as I was writing this book, I'm thinking, Lord, how do I communicate to this age group. It's been a long time. My sisters are in their 20s now. (laughs) So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to pray and I'm just going to use the Bible and I'm going to use my nieces and nephews as guinea pigs and we're just going to do it. And so that's why I I wrote the book specifically for that young age on purpose. And I think we'll get into that later, but Um, But it's a skill set to grow in and to learn and to get out there um, and do it scared, even if it's not your thing. Mm, How true is that? Do it scared. (laughs) I remember being on a drama team in Bible school and 
I was just off. Like I was, I remember being in the washroom before we went out to perform and I'm just like, Jesus, I'm just done. And I don't know how long we've been on tour for, but I'm like, I just can't even. And I'm like, okay, but I know you use weakness. So here I am in a lot of only weakness and help me be willing and whatever. And I went out there and sure enough, he had this beautiful lady who was ready to receive him that night. And I got to lead her to the Lord. And I was just like, how, what, <laughs> only our God would say, yeah, you, the one who's right. here and really doesn't really want to participate because yeah, introvert, you're sick of meeting people. Sure. Like, yeah. But I love that the reality of, um, that you can see the pattern even like as I chose to do the thing that was hard, it was worth it. And it was, um, it got easier too. So that is encouraging for those who are like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet feeling that call, like even for your book, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. So can you tell me a little bit more about your, okay. So like, okay, going take it back. You worked with adults and then specifically with teens. And then, um, so what caused you to be like, I want this book to be for little guys. Like, tell us more about that. Like, did God just say, this is the age group. Go for it. Sure. <laughs> Well, so here's uh, the backstory behind that um, is when I was nine years old, I went to a sleepover and unfortunately the supervising adults at that sleepover let us watch several horror films that, that night. And it impacted my little nine-year-old little girl heart in a traumatic way. And for weeks afterwards, I had nightmares every single night. And I used to have this set of cassette tapes yeah. Uh, with Bible stories on them. And so when my parents fell asleep, I would put the cassette tape on in the radio in my room and I would lay on the floor and cry and fall asleep listening to Bible stories because <clears throat> in my heart, I thought if Jesus is talking over me with the stories of the Bible, then I'm safe. I instinctually felt safe with Jesus then. And so fast forward year, a few years into junior high and high school and college, um, I had a lot of years in there that I was filled with anxiety. I was filled with depression. I even struggled with suicidal ideation at times. And there was an anchor thought that I had, which was Jesus loves me, this I know. And it was there from the time I can remember. And I became a believer at age six. I distinctly remember the, the moment I decided to follow Jesus and to surrender to him. And I wanted to be Jesus' friend and I wanted him to be my friend, you know, in a six-year-old little girl way. And so that core belief that Jesus loves me, this I know, kept me from attempting suicide, kept me from um, rejecting all of my friends whenever I felt they rejected me first. And so I was going to hold this unforgiveness and grudge against them. And it kept me all throughout all of these situations um, in the solid middle lane of all these circumstances can pull you in all these different ways. All these circumstances can cause these immense pain in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. But when you have a core truth that you come back to, it just anchors you. Mm. And so that is where I thought, well, if I had this anchor as a little girl, that carried me through all of these traumatic events, then I want to offer that anchor to other little kids. Because I think that the thing, the core beliefs that you come up with when you're young carry through with you forever. Um, and 
sometimes that affects positively and negatively your relationship with the Lord. Um, this one, praise God, was such a positive core belief and anchor for me. Mm. So that's why I wanted to start there. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. And I noticed on your website that you have a program that's geared towards like the parents of kindergarten to grade two. Is that correct? Or can you explain that a little bit more to us? Yes. I'm working on a course right now for this book. And what it will do is take 20 different ideas and themes from this little children's book. And parents will be able to pick a group of five ideas that they want to, or modules that they want to utilize. It will include uh, family devotions on that theme, a Christmas song that pertains to that theme, section of scripture, because this book in particular is about Jesus' birth. So a section of scripture that pertains to that theme, and it will include some games and crafts and activities as well. So each module will have its own little um, activity pack and lesson for the parents, because Research shows that um, parents, a vast majority of parents, believe they should be involved in their child's spiritual development. They don't know where to start. And a lot of churches do well with some sort of Bible lesson, either Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but they're not geared to be the parent of that child Monday through Friday. So when parents have a resource that they can go to to start conversations and to do activities and have a devotion they can read and talk about with their, with their kiddos, I think that gives them a framework. It gives them a starting point. And the course is geared to just be a, a launching pad. It's not geared to be comprehensive. It's just a place for parents, grandparents. I'm an aunt, so aunts and uncles, uh, teachers to just have a starting point to start those conversations about Jesus. Oh, I love that. Could you show us a copy of your book? I, I Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so, so Ducky Discovers a Miracle, book one, who of the Who is Jesus series. And so this one will focus on Jesus' birth, but it's a seven-part series. Okay. And I've already written the other books. And so um, I'm working on illustrations for those right now. And the last two focus on Jesus' death and resurrection. And so it's the whole gamut with Jesus. Oh, I love that. And it's so encouraging because then parents can, it's not like, it's not like a stop and start thing. It's more just like, you know what, we're just going to start with book one and we're going to pick our five things and and then we're just going to go back. And it's not a big, like reinvent the wheel every time. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And some of these stories about Jesus seem complex on an adult level. When we look back at them, we're like, wow, that's so rich. How do you, how do you take that and put it at a kid level? And yet kids flocked to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there was a, an element about him that just drew them in. And so I really prayed a lot before I wrote each book of, okay, Lord, help me to use your words. Help me to use your ideas Um, Help me put this in a framework that is easy to understand because I'm hoping that these are books that kids want to come back to every year that they need it. For sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yay. I feel excited. I got to get me some books. (laughs) Um, So what do you, what do you want to say? Do you have any advice you'd like to give to those who are struggling maybe to connect with their kids right now and um, maybe, I mean, obviously awesome to be able to snag your book and get into that program and get the help they need, but like even just for today, like, do you, have you had some 
insights into what, how do kids, how can we connect to kids' hearts just in the everyday conversations? Well, my experience with children is that um, kids are kids no matter where they're at. And I say that in this way. I went on several, I've been on several mission trips, and one of them in particular, I went to Romania, and I was able to pass out um, shoes to orphans in different orphanages and group homes. And every single place we went, the children were the same. They wanted your attention. They wanted to play. And we didn't speak the same language, but they, they didn't care. And so my advice for parents and teachers and grandparents um, trying to connect with preschoolers, kindergartners, first and second graders is to start with Jesus, because that's going to be a starting point when you deal with things like having trouble telling the truth or having trouble caring about others or having trouble connecting or needing you. You can go to Jesus about all of those things. He's mentioned and talked about and taught about all of those things. And so that is a starting point and an anchor point um, that I think that parents, if they're looking for wisdom, go to Jesus. If they're looking for tactics, pay attention to your child. And I say that in a way that um, a lot of parents um, get the worst of their child's behavior um, this happened when I was growing up with my sisters, the teachers would come to us and say, Oh my gosh, they're just the sweetest kid. And I'm thinking, you don't really know them <laughs> because at home they were their real selves. And so parents are dealing with this on a regular basis. They're dealing with tantrums. They're dealing with, um, crying and frustration that their, their kid is not feeling like they're hurt or they, they're not getting their way. And so paying attention to when those things happen, is there a power struggle going on? Does your child really just need your attention and hugs in that moment? Um, one of the tactics my mother-in-law used with her kids was when they were crying and screaming, she would wrap her arms around them in a big hug until they just relaxed. Hmm. And when I heard that, I thought, I think God does that to me a lot. <laughs> right? It just wraps me in a big hug when I'm upset until I stop struggling and realize that his love is there. And so that's my advice. Start with Jesus, paying attention to your child and making sure that what's happening, that you are, you are loving them as best you can. And then my third and last thing, and I don't mean this facetiously at all, is to pray and pray and pray some more because God knows your child way better than you do. He knows us way better than our parents do. And he knows all of the different intricacies on how to connect with your child the best way. So I would, I would pray a lot. Mm. Oh yeah. Yes. This is so true. We had, as I, I've been a parent for, I guess, Oh man, just about 17 years. And, and it's completely true. The things that have gotten me through are, are strong. The, the season of strong will <laughs> was just like, okay, we're just going to hold you now and pray. Right. <laughs> and right. God is faithful to give new ideas and those insights and, and yeah, to be aware of what that kid's going through too. That's huge. So, mm-hmm. Wow, Stephanie, thank you so much. Did you have something to add? Please. Oh, I was going to say, in a, I just have some experience in teaching. I have about 10 years experience in the classroom, and there, there were times things would come up, and I thought, that's not who I thought you were, or 
or something would happen. And so I just, I constantly learned about my students over the, over the year that I had them, or sometimes multiple years, depending on what I was teaching that year. And it just would amaze me the people that they could become. Mm, yeah. yeah don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents don't give up. <laughs> yeah, don't give up. And, and I, I love the validation that, yep, the, the kiddo that comes back home from school or wherever they've been, you get the tricky part of that kiddo. And that means you are the mm-hmm. safe place. Cause I definitely remember mm-hmm. talking to one of our kids teachers and being like, does this person ever sit? Like, do they ever stay in a spot for you at all ever? <laughs> and you're like all the time. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was not expecting that. I'm like, I can't get them to stay in two minutes. And so she's like, oh, that's not supposed to be. They're supposed to act up for you and be good for us. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> what? Thanks. <laughs> Uh, but it's encouraging, right, to know that we're in it together and that we have that partnership with Jesus, and mm-hmm. that, yeah, we can give him that, an- give them that anchor point. And I still, I mean, I was telling my husband just the other night that my one of my God rem- memories is, from being a kiddo was my mom had lost a check, and we actually knelt down and prayed in front of our brown couch, and then afterwards mm-hmm. we lifted up the cushions, and there it was, and I just thought, oh my goodness, this is like legit, like. <laughs> with us and and it was was just I mean it doesn't always work out that way but it was just he he wanted me to know from when I was little that that he I can count on him to help me with all the things so I love that so much isn't he so faithful I love that yes oh wow awesome (laughs) so Stephanie people can reach you what's your website name stephaniembullock.com Okay. Awesome. So we'll make sure we put that in, um, in the information and then people can connect with you and people can get, can they buy your book off of your website or Amazon or they can, they can buy it off of Amazon, but it's actually $5 cheaper per book. If they buy it from me personally on my website and that's for both uh, paperback and hardback. Oh, awesome. Okay. And when can we be expecting book number two? I, as soon as I finish the illustrations, I hope um, maybe early next year. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I've really been encouraged by your words and I, yeah, Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. So yay. (laughs) Thank Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to partner with your ministry. It's just been a blessing to watch Flying Free Ministries just grow and, and all of the ways that you reach out to people through the prayer groups. It's just, it's super encouraging. Thank you very much. Well, thanks a lot, Stephanie. Take care, everybody, and we will chat another time. I trust this episode has encouraged and inspired you, and I hope it stirred a desire in you to connect with your everyday Savior and His everyday freedom even more. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with me on any of my social media platforms. You can find the details for those in the description of this episode. Feel free also to leave a review. And I will connect with you next week on the Freedom Now podcast, a place for you to find hope, laughter, and encouragement as you grow in freedom in every area of life.